Obia has been demonized. Obia gives people strength and hope. Similar to voodoo, Obia has been portrayed as wicked and threatening, but Obia is not inherently bad. Obia is a system of spiritual healing and justice-making practices developed among enslaved Africans in the West Indies. Obia is difficult to define because it's not a single unified set of practices. Different Afro-Caribbean communities use their own terminology to describe the practice, such as spellcasting among the Jamaican windward maroons. Obia is similar to other African diaspora religions such as Palo, Haitian voodoo, Santeria, and hoodoo in that it includes communication with ancestors and spirits and healing rituals, but it's different from religions like voodoo and santeria in that there is no explicit canon of gods or deities that are worshipped and the practice is generally an individual action. Variants of obia are practiced around the Caribbean but also by the Igbo people of Nigeria. In the different parts of the Caribbean where obia developed, slaves were actually taken from many different African nations that had lots of different spiritual practices and religions. So the belief system and the practices of Obia seem to be a conglomeration or seem to have roots from many different spiritual belief systems. Now I want to share an article from the New York Times from September 10th, 1972. It's called Obia is a Fact of Life and Afterlife in the Caribbean by Lindsay Haynes. I'm going to apologize in advance for my terrible accents. <laughs> Caribbean Travel Notes On Barbados, an 18-year-old girl is awakened by a tapping at her window. She recognizes the rings on the hand waving goodbye as her grandmother's, but when she rushes outside, no one is there. Later, the girl learns that her grandmother has died at that very moment on the other side of the island. In Jamaica, a dying woman warns her husband that if he mistreats their son, she will come back to haunt him. He remarries and has a second family. Then, his first wife begins showing up at the front gate. The night fishermen see her standing there in the same white dress in which she was married and buried. It is not until her husband sets down rules for his second wife concerning the upbringing of the first wife's son that the ghost vanishes. In Georgetown, Guyana, a live black chicken is found under the clothes of a not-yet-buried corpse. With it are slips of paper bearing the names, birth dates, and addresses of certain people. Those mourners who are named flee the scene in panic. They know they were expected to suffocate and die within nine days like the chicken that was to have been buried with the body. This is Obia, the black magic of the Caribbean. It is too secret, too mercurial for statistical study, but it is found everywhere in the West Indies and believers consider it effective both in matters of life and death and in day-to-day -day affairs. A person might turn to Obia if he yearns to see his competitor's business fold, or if he wants to clinch a promotion or if he needs a spell that will make him irresistible to the opposite sex. Man's scientific advancements may have taken him to the moon, but witchcraft remains alive and hexing in the West Indies. Peace of mind is still something to be worn around your neck. Tourists seldom realize how powerful and persistent this obia or necromancy is throughout the Caribbean islands. Brought over centuries ago by African slaves, it has thrived, enhanced by superstitions prevalent among Scotch and Irish Highlanders, interlaced with Christian ritual and aided by an expert botanical knowledge inherited from the Carib Indians. 
Obia is a private pursuit, something just between a fellow and his fears. Since Obia is technically illegal on most islands, its believers maintain a conspiracy of silence. Caribbean Obia men live in seclusion in the bush, out of the eye of the law, which is forever on their trail. They speak in unknown tongues, which not even they themselves always understand. Their powers can both heal and harm, and are for hire by rich, poor, black and white. Obia is not to be confused with the formalized rites of Haiti's more familiar voodoo. Obia has no creed or organized service of worship. In the language of the Ashanti, Obaifo meant wizard, and Obi in East Africa meant sorcery or fetishism. The etymology has been traced to ancient Egyptian mythology in which Ob or Alb meant serpent. Moses warned the Israelites not to recognize the demon Ob, translated in the Bible as divinator or sorcerer. Peace of mind in the West Indies is something to be worn around the neck to ward off jumbies. Whatever its sources, Obia drove the West Indian sugar magnates right up the plantation walls. When Africans were shipped to the New World, they were forced to relinquish language, culture, and religion. Black magic they managed to cling to, perhaps because it represented revenge and hope to them. The planters outlawed African drums for fear they might communicate a message of insurrection, yet they considered Obia merely quaint superstition at first. They did not prohibit prohibit Africans from wearing amulets or packets of herbs around their necks. The planters seldom discovered the slaves who were secretly harvesting arsenic beans in their gardens. Most planters eventually learned firsthand about the power Obia had over their slaves. The latest European medicines were useless against a slave who moaned, I obiad aguandai. Without any apparent physical symptoms, the African turned his face to the wall and pined away. A search of an obia shanty would reveal only a few cat's ears, bottles of grave dirt, dried plants, and some human hair. Shadow catching, as it was called in the 17th and 18th century plantocracy era, was when someone who was spellbound believed an enemy had caught his shadow and thus had the power to bring about his death. When it finally dawned on a planter that he himself might be the victim of this underground resistance, he outlawed obia, making its practice punishable by death. Still, people continued to die without symptoms. Convictions were impossible to obtain because no one would testify against an obi man for fear of being hexed himself. Deathbed confessions, however, were not unusual. Remember when Masa's son was sick? Well, I the one put something in his soup. A drop of poison secreted from under a servant's thumbnail as they served the tea, and the slave had their gruesome revenge on a cruel master. It was a West Indian slave named Tituba, part Carib Indian and very proficient in the art of black magic, who started the witch hunt of 1692 to 1693 in Salem, Massachusetts, which resulted in 19 innocent people being hanged and one 80-year-old man pressed to death. Tituba had been brought to Massachusetts from Barbados by Samuel Paris, a merchant-turned-Puritan minister. Of course, all that happened nearly 300 years ago. Surely, one would think this cult of the occult 
would have perished by this time, while the truth is that Obia remains a vital, if clandestine, force in West Indian life. The man who vehemently denies Obia nevertheless stuffs his window frames each night to keep out jumbies or zombies or duppies. Graves in places like the Virgin Islands are surrounded by conch shells, guaranteed to steer away evil spirits. Nearly everyone, it turns out, has had some personal brush with sorcery and the supernatural. Obia practices are not restricted to any class, racial group, or educational background. Before the West Indian tells you his hair-raising story about the man who was killed by a jumbie's chain, he prefaces with, of course, I don't follow Obia. I don't hold with such notions personally, a Vincentian shopkeeper says, grabbing a handful of salt and tossing it over his shoulder. Still, I'm not one for taking foolish risks. Obia is the scapegoat for bad times, something to hang bad luck on, and a ready explanation for disease. Obia is real, not only because people think it is, but because its practitioners have a formidable knowledge of the properties of plants. Animal entrails might be part of their kit, but it is the leaf broths and bark teas and berry astringents with which these expert herbalists are able to heal or to harm. When the London or Toronto trained physicians at government hospital fail to cure with their needles and pills, one seeks out the bush doctor. Love potions. His wish bag can protect one from enemies. His love potions with names like Follow Me Man, guaranteed to turn a perfume advertiser positively green, promise that affections will be returned. He can recommend virility victuals and ensure faithfulness from one's beloved. The powers of Obia protect fishermen, aid farmers' crops, get a man's boss to offer him a raise, make a man's shop profitable, help a lawyer win his case by tongue-tying his opponent in court, or drive off that evil spirit which has brought one down on one's luck. With his occult powers, the Obia doctor can control both the living and the dead. He can haunt a house, ruin a marriage, put a jumbie on you till you go out of your head, cause someone to break out in sores, and for the proper price, even in this rational scientific age, cause death by using poison spiders, contaminated water, rusty nails, black candles, and grave dust. For those who can't afford a professional job, there are do-it-yourself hexes. Get your enemy's footprint and gather up dirt where he walked into a bag. Add salt and tie the bag on your wall. Then stick pins in the bag. Right away, wherever he may be, the foot or the arm is going to swell up and take sores. If a person wants to keep someone's field from producing, all he has to do is place a roasted breadfruit on the land with a dried herring inside and the crops will wither. To keep thieves away, put a miniature coffin on a pole. It will be more effective than a scarecrow or no trespassing signs. If such techniques fail, it simply means the person is not a true believer. That is the Obia doctor's insurance against failure. Faith can move mountains, so if the mountains refuse to budge, there is obviously serious lack of faith somewhere. The head of a white rooster or a lime cut in half and left in the yard means that someone has put something on the occupant. Woe to anyone who discovers a dead lizard in a matchbox on his porch or a tiny box covered in a black cloth and containing a seed or coffin nail wrapped in black, for those are signs that his own body will soon be in its shroud. A coin or handkerchief found in the yard is not disturbed for fear it might be hexed. 
Painful symptoms. Jumbie dust or grave dust is powerful stuff. If it is sprinkled where your enemy walks in bare feet, his legs will soon start to itch, then swell up and begin burning with pain and break out in festering sores. Unless he gets help from the bush doctor and soaks in prescribed herb cures, he could get an infection and might even die. Carico Jack, the Obia man, took the bones and teeth from a grave and boiled them into tea, and the victim died before the ninth day. Of course, a non-superstitious American tourist wouldn't believe any of this macabre malarkey, that is, not until he visits the hut of someone like Justina Bailey, the Obia woman, or hears the story told by an overseer for a banana estate on St. Vincent whose 20-year-old daughter had been hexed. She break out in sores and are Limbs swell up and she took to bed wanting to die. Doctors couldn't help. She dwan know what caused her agonies. So, at last, I takes her to the bush doctor. The only cure for an obia is a more powerful counter-obia. When he takes the girl to Justina Bailey for treatment, Justina's neighbors not only stand in awe of her unfathomable powers, they have also made her the neighborhood scapegoat. When anyone is uptight or having a tough time of it, it is because of that woman up there on the hill. She all time making evil deeds. I don't believe Obia, but I tell you, Justina Bailey walk with the devil. That's what one Vincentian said in a guarded whisper. She want me marry her daughter, but I choose another. So so she put a jumbie to live at our house and hex my marriage. Oh, we live in bad, bad. Plenty trouble from her. One night, I dream she choking me. Old Justina got her hands on my throat and I cannot move. The Lord save me for suddenly I hear myself speaking in tongues. From my mouth coming words, don't understand. Then she vanished and since that night, I got no more misery. Justina learned her secrets and inherited her powers, it is said, from her father, Ezra Bailey. He he confessed devil play on his deathbed, and to prove his powers to skeptics, he vowed to return from the dead to claim his wife and children on the ninth day, the day the evil spirit supposedly leaves the body, permitting the soul to ascend to heaven and eternal rest. And who you think, man, before nine day dawning, Ezra's woman and two children take sick and lie down and die. Strong, healthy folk, but no doctor can save them, for they touched by Ezra's hand from the grave. Only the daughter Justina left to carry on his dirty business. After Ezra died, he used to walk plenty at night. He tried always to take some person to the other side with him, and he hoped to recruit live folks to do the devil's work. Ezra's daughter had apparently been a willing volunteer and had studied under experts at Trinidad. Some time-honored obia formulas have been recorded by an underground press. Books like Powwow with a lost friend, Titiba, the Black Arts, and the sixth and seventh books of Moses are committed to the Obia doctor's memory. More often, Obia secrets are jealousy guarded. The great fear of an Obia man is a fellow practitioner whose powers outshine his own, casting double Obi spells causing his own to boomerang. It was 11 p.m. when the overseer's daughter and the rest of the party climbed the forested hills above Kingstown, St. Vincent's capital. The girls appointed 
appointment with the bush doctor was set for midnight. The group trudged dirt paths through arrowroot fields, toting baskets of breadfruit, avocados, and rum, partial payments for medical fees. It was a heavy darkness, unbroken by neon or electric lights. The sea, whose incessant rhythms were comforting by day, now seemed menacing. It was a night that had forgotten to hang out its moon, and the only lights besides the flashlights the girls' party carried were the wavering torches of the night fishermen parading down the beach with their woven traps, the centuries-old traditional fishing techniques used by Carib Indians. Soldier crabs made a weird clatter as they crawled through town, eternally on their way between sea and mountaintop, seeking fresh water. Indeed, in this nocturnal atmosphere, their dragging claws could be taken for footsteps or jumbie chains. Caribbean nights belong to the wind, which sets tropical leaves fluttering like huge hands and breaks the stillness with whistling echoes. Overall, those frowning omnipresent mountains, the rugged spine of the island, brooded over their domain like so many primeval gods. Bush doctors do not hang out shingles. The party struggled through the vines that would have made Tarzan jump for joy. The hut of Justina Bailey's spellbinder was far from any road. Just before he knocked at the door of the small unpainted shack, the girl's father pointed to a pot where a skull was buried, filled with silver coins to keep the spirit on Justina's side. Part-time sorceress. When Justina opened the heavy wooden door, the callers were surprised to see that she didn't bear the slightest resemblance to a Halloween witch. In fact, she could have been cast for a part in arsenic and old lace as one of those sweet old ladies. Inside, under better light, the visitor recognized the sorceress as a woman who worked at the hotel laundry. She practiced her superpowers part-time, moonlighting whenever people hired her to hex or help. The overseer's daughter, who did indeed have an unsightly skin condition, got into a bush bath outside at precisely midnight. Justina Bailey disclosed that this particular cure had been revealed to her in a dream. Her therapy was a combination of ancient root remedies, Christian incantations, and intuitive psychology. Although the rest of the party was excluded from the mysterious ceremony of exorcism, they could hear strange chanting and see from the window Justina kneeling before a burning candle. The overseer explained that the candle was red, which was the color to keep off bad times and provide happily ever after them. A green candle would have brought money, while yellow signifies power and a blue one is lighted for love. The black candle, sometimes planted outside of the house of a person under hex, symbolizes death and destruction. The girl's steaming cure-all was a potpourri of lemongrass, horsehound, limes, olive bush, soursop leaves, circe bush, honeysuckle, cowfoot, guava, sage, jack-in-the-bush, thistle, elder, bitter tally, conchineal, duppy basil, and grape and ringworm bush, all steeped in the right combination of rainwater and seawater. Gruesome paraphernalia. Tools of the trade of alchemy and witchcraft cluttered Justina Bailey's shack. Calabash bowls held animal bones and teeth. Her other paraphernalia included feathers, eggshells, playing cards, cat and dog skulls, and citrus peels. Packets of leaves and roots hung from walls 
malls and hundreds of bottles lining shelves were filled with powdered leaves ground herbs human hair and ashes these vials the overseer said pointing to a couple on one shelf they hold grave dirt after centuries of experimentation plants aphrodisiacs and home-cooked chemical combinations often do achieve their intended effects in the west indies for better or for worse all that is required is the faith of the followers animal entrails may be part of the obia bag but much more powerful are the lotions and potions although some obia recipes are jealously guarded professional secrets others are common knowledge soursop leaves steeped in hot water bruise homemade phenobarbital the wild sea onion causes the heart to speed up dangerously castor oil beans inflame the intestinal tract the dead can have power over the living a jumbi or zombie is an emissary of the devil who borrows the body of someone who has died it roams at will and can enter another human or animal body even forcing a man to commit a crime a belief which supplies an offender with a handy alibi my sister feels someone tugging her hair a thing she couldn't see kept pulling at her night after night was the jumbi come to carry her away sudden death is sometimes explained as a torch from the grave or a jumbi thief the obia doctor can summon jumbies for assistance one young man a clerk in a supermarket on st vincent tells about the night he passed justina's house on a crab hunting expedition and saw a ball of fire roll out of her window he watched and it turned into a green phosphorescence and he was nearly overcome by a stench of decaying matter he could hear justina chanting frenzied words inside suddenly where the glow had been there appeared a ram which immediately ambled off into the darkness jumbies are not always easy to see except by those that are sent to humbug however some observers swear if a person takes some water from a dog's eye and puts it into his own the jumbies will appear or if one is out trolling some night with someone who sees the jumbi all he has to do is mash his toe against a rock till it smarts and he too can see the jumbi glow the pantheon of obia is a full one malio the evil eye is taken so much for granted in the islands that people joke about it on a main street in kingstown two women pass a little girl and one stops to say smiling oh what a little gem she is but her companion coaxes her on ah leave that poor child alone do I'm put a malio on her people may not know that their eye is evil a taxi driver described one such case i know a pretty miss she don't know she got the evil eye she see my pepper tree and says man that's a nice pepper tree and that healthy tree wilt and die that same week in the grenadines the island chain between st vincent and grenada houses are often marked with the sign of the cross against the evil eye and parents may protect their newborn baby by calling in the bush doctor to bathe him and say prayers for his welfare the best insurance against the evil eye is camphor and garlic worn in a bag around the neck and an open bible kept under the baby's pillow well baby shouldn't be sleeping on pillows but... many west indians are spooked by things that go bump in the night spirits who shrink themselves and roll about in calabashes or turn into stones you may sit on a stone man and discover it is the devil then there are runks which look like pigs and block one's path the way to deal with one of these is to hit it but don't count the number of swats or it will attack just call out that is none with each blow la jablis or jablis or la diablis is a siren who waits for those coming home late and lures her victims into the woods for illicit 
love affairs then gets them so lost that they never find their way home again. Jablesses are believed to hunt deserted coral reefs off the Grenadine Islands, enchanting men and driving them insane or leading them into dangerous shoals. They can be identified by their cloven hooves, which make an incessant clump clump as they limp along. Werewolf Roll The Loop Garou, or Lagahu, or Lagaru, is a chain-dragging creature with the power to transform itself into any animal, but it is particularly fond of playing werewolf. He will devour anyone, living or dead, with the exception of twins. The way to restore a Loop Garou to human form is to spill his blood, or you can outsmart him by leaving 99 grains of sand, or rice, or corn, depending on the island outside the house. He has this compulsion to count them, and when he has gotten up to 99, he will search everywhere for the 100th. Unable to find it, he will think he's made a mistake and begin counting all over again and keep on until dawn breaks and he must take human form once more. Finally, there is the Sukuyan, or Heg, a female vampire who thrives on the sweet blood of children. She might turn out to be that dear old lady down the street who at night leaves her own skin behind in a heap and metamorphosizes into a bat, ball of fire, or huge egg, or becomes invisible. The weapon to use against her is salt. Find her skin and thoroughly salt it. This causes it to shrivel, and when the Sukuyan returns just before the first cock crows calling, Skin, come to owner, she will discover that it no longer fits. Pull and tug throw as she may, she will never be able to wear it again, and the world will thus be rid of one more head. A Vincentian woman introduces visitors to one of her children, a submissive blonde boy of about eight, and goes on to explain that she is lucky to still have him since his shadow had been drawn. This boy was sucked by a hag about three years ago. The child nods emphatically, and as his mother speaks, his eyes grow very wide. It's true, she goes on. I caught the evil, disgusting ting at his neck while he's sleeping. I make prayers and yell at the hag to go get out, and she do vanish. The boy is unconscious, not himself at all, so we carry him to the bush doctor. He knows how to find the guilty hag and salt her skin and offer her presents so she don't come back. It costs us plenty, plenty money, but my boy thrives today. Then, observing the skepticism on the visitor's face, she adds, You don't believe? Look, look, my boy's neck. She pulls his head sideways and points to what appears to be a tiny purple birthmark just below the back of his ear. See? It's proof. The mark of the hag. This boy will grow up a believer. That much is certain. He never doubts this terrible tale he had heard his mother relate so often. It is through such retelling and embellishment that the belief in supernatural beings is nurtured in the West Indies. Obia provides ready answers to the unknown, alleviates personal guilt, offers outlets for hostility and explanations for failures, and its practitioners can earn a living from people's fantasies and fears. If all these tales of witchcraft cast a momentary shadow over the travel poster image the visitor might have of the Caribbean Isles, all he has to do to avoid getting hex appeal is to live the simple life. Don't give nobody cause for jealousy and nobody gon' put trouble on you. Don't have too much ambition or get too much good things or surely somebody gon' get plenty plenty vexed and be humbug you. Okay, that's that's the end of the article. It was very long, but I hope you enjoyed. Thank you so much for listening. Obviously, the person writing the article didn't really believe in Obia, and that's fine, but I thought it was interesting to get all those little stories and different practices and things. So thanks for listening. Bye-bye.